Previously on Night's Quest. We could maybe, like, do, like, a show. Rainer points at the first one. He's like, that one right there? Yeah, that's the Slayer. Yeah, man, and Goldon, we just called that the Wood Gnome. That location, that is where the Usra built not just any dungeon, but their greatest dungeon. If any magic item were to exist that had the essence of a spirit, this dungeon would be that place. Welcome back to Night's Quest. I have I have a fun I have a fun uh, game for my co-host. Real quick, it'll be super quick. I promise. Okay, Jake, uh, choose any character from Night's Quest. Any character at all. Um. Wow. Um. Jeff. All right, uh, Jeff. So Nathan, mm-hmm. Jeff is secretly a metaphor for. Okay. Do you mean metaphor or do you mean like acronym? No metaphor. Like, like. Like, Leroy is secretly a metaphor for capitalism, or oh. Rainer is secretly a metaphor for depression. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, well, Jeff is obviously a metaphor for the patriarchy. There we go. Perfect. Of course. Uh, Nathan, give me give me another character. Mirjik. Jake, what is Mirjik a metaphor for? Um, Mirjik is a metaphor for the American political system. <laughs> of course. There we go. That's how the game works. <laughs> it's- and now it's up to you, the audience, to tell us what all the other characters exactly. mean. Exactly. Do it on Facebook or something. Yeah. Who's your favorite Night's Quest character, and how are they secretly a bleak, depressing look at our modern problems? This just reminds <laughs> In a me metaphor. of high school English. Yes. Yeah, no, this was supposed to be funny. Uh, instead, <laughs> instead, it just got kind of depressing. Well, enough of depression. Whoops. Welcome back to Night's Quest, everybody. It's canon now, bitch. I tried. It's canon now, I tried bitch. my best. All right, so we resume in the desert after... Uh, anticipation and hope has been revitalized in our party after that uh, variety show that they had the night before <laughs> and uh, the camaraderie amongst them all is just oh oh you know what everyone get plus one camaraderie oh, shit. oh hell yeah I, I don't think I rewarded you guys last time did I well, I, I mean so. I now have I now have never gonna give you up as a song I can play so I feel like I feel like I already got my reward although you're right it might get pretty bad if with Rainers gets too much camaraderie. Why would that why would that get bad? What do you mean? I mean, what is everyone's camaraderie level right now? I mean, it's right? Um everybody except Rainer, not much. It's pretty good. <laughs> not going to lie, it's pretty good. All right. Well, everyone gets plus one to camaraderie still. So. Yay. Hell yes. Even conquest? camaraderie is <laughs> no, not conquest. Off the yeah. chart. Even Katrina? No, just the people who were there, which 
which would include a Beal. Hey. But he doesn't have a character sheet, so no stat increase for him. Real quick, do you guys remember what a Beal did in the show? Did he do anything? No. No, he did something. Yes. Wait, he did. Yeah. Yes. He sang the song uh, from the village of A. He did. I forgot about that. And uh, it was called A Great City. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. No, because before it was O Great City. No, that's I, I, A Great City. Yeah, I, got, I got it. No, I, get I got it. it. You see, audience, the joke is that the city is the city of A. You're welcome for explaining that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. I'm very tired, even though I shouldn't be. Oh, boy. Like, it's not even that late. He has desert sickness. <laughs> the desert sickness <laughs> is back. Always beware the desert sickness. I picked up that desert sickness. It's a very rare affliction. It's only ever hit one person in the entire desert. <laughs> <laughs> Which is strange, because the desert's so big and probably would get a lot of people. You would think so. But quarantine has made it so that time doesn't exist. That's so. true. All right, so I think it's time to move back to the party. Um, and yeah, I haven't forgotten about the dice roll that we did last Damn time. It. So we're going to get to that <laughs> in a second. But you guys have been traveling for uh, about 12 days so far uh, in this little stretch of time since you left the Oasis. And I feel like I haven't been doing a good enough job describing just how difficult this journey is. Even when you're going at a leisurely pace, it is grueling, it is hot, the sand is irritating, and it can get pretty exhausting just going through this desert. But you have gotten pretty good at getting through the desert. You've found some easier ways to travel. Uh, you know how to set up your camp really quickly. Everyone's got their roles mm-hmm. that they do whenever you set up camp each night. So kind of know what you're doing. And you definitely are better at surviving in the desert than when you first started. But it's still not fun, and you're excited for it to be done. Jake, you're an expert in, in desert <laughs> travel. Uh, what are some uh, difficulties? legitimately like the worst parts of like walking in the desert for long amounts of time are the like the areas like in your crotch where your legs are like get like super sweaty get really raw like the areas in your shoulders from your backpack all your joints are sore and your like upper and lower back are tired and it's just like it's awful yeah and probably got maybe a little bit of sunburn and the sand just irritating everywhere the wind carries little pebbles and shit it's not fun Ow! Jesus! Yeah, so this trip hasn't been exactly a beach vacation, happy fun time, you know? Right, right, right. Um, And you're all probably thinking, you know, are we going to have to walk back when we're all said and done with this? Um, But Rainer, uh, you're definitely more focused on, you know, what the mission in front of you. You know, what are we going to do when we actually get to the dungeon? Right, 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 right. Um, Now, I did not do uh, the event for the last session of travel uh, when we recorded last episode. So I'm going to do that right now. So on the 12th day of travel. My, my true, true love, love gave to me. me. Thank you, Jamie. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> we were both so ready for that for some reason. <laughs> you know what? For that joke, I'm going to punish you. And so you're going to see Uh-oh. there's a giant scorpion. Damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> Got to fight a giant scorpion now. That's my least favorite kind of scorpion. I mean, the big yeah. ones are the least poisonous. Really? Yep. Yeah. Huh. The smallest scorpions have the most venom. Even though even though you just talked about like your experience with traveling in deserts, I constantly forget that you actually know shit about different desert biomes in the world. <laughs> it just it just I just always forget that. Great. <laughs> so what happens? 
Yes. So speaking of desert biomes, um, as I said last time, you've kind of been traveling through a couple different ones, the more dry area, the crackled ground, and then the more sand dunes. Uh, at this point, you are in one of these sand dune biomes. You've just kind of re-entered into that area once again. So you've been traveling through that all day. As you are traveling up ahead, you see right on the edge of right on the edge of your you know vision that there is someone or something there. Oh, oh. Well, I mean, Jonathan's going to whip out the longoscope and take an old look see. All right, excellent. Do I need to roll something for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you roll awareness, but with advantage. Do you want some foley on that? Uh, no, we're good. Okay. <laughs> 16. Okay, so with a 16, you're able to see that this thing on the horizon is a person who is uh, kind of sitting cross-legged in the sand, and the sand is moving and undulating and kind of swirling around them in different patterns. Uh, But you're also able to notice that you, I should have said this sooner, you're able to hear um, some noise coming from down there. It sounds uh, kind of like... Uh, music. It sounds like music is coming in that direction. Uh, so, uh, so Jonathan, what do you see over there? I mean, you guys hear that too, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, I hear something. Okay, so basically what we got here is a classic case of a sand wizard. So we got this guy over there. <laughs> he's he's making some sort of noise. He's making the sand do magic-y shit. I've, I've seen this before. Okay, I know. You know, at the Sun Festival... At the Sun Festival, I saw my fair share of sand wizards in the gate. We saw some sand oh, wizards. Oh, shit. You're right. So I'm, I'm just going out on a limb here and saying this guy's some sort of sand warlock. Now, hold on a minute. Are you telling me that uh, every single person that you see that does magic in Tariv is some... That's correct. Anyone who does magic with sand, yes. Well, I mean, there's a lot of... I mean, most Tarivians can do sand magic. Wait, most? <laughs> Well, I guess just a, a lot. There's a lot of them, and there's a difference between warlocks and sand wizards. They're they're all different. Okay. Well, anyway, so there's this guy. I just want to make sure we're correct. I gotcha. Uh, there's a guy over there who's sitting in some sand, and it's uh, dancing around like the fourth. I was, nope, that reference doesn't nope. make sense in this universe. <laughs> Can't do that. Can't say that. <laughs> there's a guy over there. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say the Fourth of July like a fucking idiot. Oh. Um, <laughs> There's a guy over there sitting in the sand, and the, the sand's doing some crazy shit, so... I mean, we should probably go check it out then, right? I mean, that's what I'm gonna do. Well, let's go. I mean, if, it, if, if the magic is happening because of the music, I am already over there and, like, asking about it. <laughs> Teleported. <laughs> I have found a summoning song and summoned myself to this man. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's it. You guys have no self-preservation, do you? None at all. You you see, we're in the middle of a desert. We saw a ghost army, and you see a yep. person, and your first instinct is to just. But it's fun. Go there, Leroy. He's not even. He's not even walking towards us threateningly or anything. He's just sitting there. He's doing weird magic shit. <laughs> Eloise, I just gotta tell you that for some reason out here in the desert or in our travels, there are a lot less bad guys than you would think. Okay, <laughs> very nice people. I mean, I can't, I hate, I hate saying these words out loud, but I can't argue with Leroy. It is surprising (laughs) how little opposition we have faced. I mean, that one's easy. I mean, the only reason we would face opposition is for the writer's plot. 
and so any bad guys there's oh, all of the writers will so i mean it all works out <laughs> yeah and and we ourselves do weird magic shit all the time so we can't really use that metric to to be scared of people i don't well i do now yeah we got symbols jonathan you've used you've used the pickaxe to turn back time like i'd say that qualifies as weird magic shit <laughs> you got me there which is a pretty useful tool that I, I feel like we've forgotten about. <laughs> I have I have not forgotten. I just haven't thought of a use for it yet. Which is right, honestly right. the best for me because I feel like that weapon was really OP. <laughs> and so you forgetting is perfectly fine with me. Uh, okay, but back, back to the story. So you guys approach the mysterious figure and as you get close, you see an older man sitting cross-legged in the sand playing a sitar. He's got a, a long beard that's kind of flowing in the breeze as he's wearing uh, a desert garb. And the sand around him is rippling, kind of bouncing like water droplets in a very similar fashion to how you saw, Rainer, uh, the Echomancers back at the Yeah! Uh, so it's very similar style to that. Uh, with a couple of special little maybe like star patterns or seems like maybe Ooh, a creature okay. moving through the okay. sand. Um, but it's all very interesting to watch and obviously beautiful to listen to and when you approach he stops playing and he greets you in Terevian. Uh, what do you do? Uh, he- hello, good afternoon Ah, Sharan and good day my new worthy friends, this must be the language you speak. What brings you to this corner of the Gatan Desert? See, friends, what did they were say? I was right. There we go. Never wrong Leroy um, was right Good sir, we are we are travelers. We are traveling. I can see that you are travelers. But where are you traveling from, and where are you traveling to? Well, uh, that's a bit of a complicated question. So, well, you said when you're from. Do you mean where where my house is, or you mean where my family is from, <laughs> or do you mean like where I consider my home, or like where I live? Because like they're all so. Th- no, I mean where did you leave from? Oh, here, let me go first. I am the Sand Singer. I am from the city of Valena, the first blossom of the desert. And I have come out here to listen to the winds and the muses of the desert so I can record their tales and that anyone who hears my songs can know of their stories. Rainer is 100% like like celebrity starstruck by this guy right now. And he's just like, oh man... To hear the songs of the muses, that's so awesome. I love this guy. He's he's just completely in on this on this weird meeting. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, whatever the hell you just said is like way cooler than like what we got. <laughs> I'm from a I'm I'm from a mining town uh in Goldon, and now I'm here. So he's being okay, we can embellish that a little bit. <laughs> we are traveling through the desert to find an evil warlock to bring peace so that we can rescue my sister from a corrupt king in a neighboring country. The whole time he's like plucking strings to create chords and the sand is like bouncing around you. <laughs> Hell yes. When we started our journey into Reeve, we went from the gate and we talked to spirits and we traveled across the desert and we got to the oasis and we talked to other spirits and we fought an Azamite and... After traveling through the desert and finding our way into a ghost army, we're trying to get to an old dungeon somewhere where the warlock is. He kind of stops when you mention dungeon and then 
uh, starts plucking like a different tune and says, Which dungeon are you headed towards? I mean, we don't know the name, per se. We have a map. We're told it's the biggest and scariest one? Like, we were specifically told it's the most important, most secretive, most treasures and stuff. It's like the most dungeon. He thinks for a little bit and goes, Yes, I think I know this dungeon you are speaking of. You are very close to it. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Well, let me be clear. You are close as far as the desert goes. You are maybe uh, three or four days away, maybe less, maybe a little more, depending upon the speed that you travel. Uh, But this is indeed the dungeon that is the most terrifying, most powerful. And while its original name is Lost, it is known as Al-Barrage, the Buried Tower. Wow. Hey, uh, Grog, can you give me the map real quick? Oh, yeah, here you go. Hold on, I shouldn't be... Who can write good? I can... uh, Just give me the map. And Eloise writes that. How do you spell (laughs) that? Uh, In your language, it would be (laughs) A-L-B-A-R-A-J. Al-Barrage. Ooh, very nice. And she writes all that down wow. over the X on the map. I was, I was, I'm still like scared of it and very worried. But also, I'm learning tons of cool things about it too. So, arguably, this is a win. Yes, this dungeon is very close. I can even hear a song about it being played now on the winds. Listen, do you hear it? Um. It is playing in the winds. Do I do I hear I, it? I hear, I hear no. definitely hear the winds. Do I hear it? No, no, you do not hear Damn it. it. <laughs> I got nothing. Rainer Rainer confidently misunderstands the question. Like, yes, I hear the wind. <laughs> yes. Ah, this means oh you must God, be yes. a a musician. Oh then. yeah, yeah. We shall have to uh, share some songs together sometime. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, this is great. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, now, I get my inspiration from the wailing in the winds. Tell me, where do you get your inspiration? Wow. Uh, I, I guess from, from my father. Because that's, that's where I learned uh, most of my music. That's how I was able to start playing. That's, I mean, pretty much all of this is thanks to him. Ah, how wonderful it is to learn from those who are in our family. For me, I have been forced to travel these sands and to hear the stories that have been left within this great desert. If you listen closely, you can hear the wailing in the winds, the stories of those who have traveled many years past or even of this very day. And right now, I can hear a story of Al-Barrage, the ancient Usra dungeon. And since some of you cannot hear it, maybe it would be best if I were to play it for you now. Rainer is just now realizing he meant there's actual music he can hear, and he's just like, oh. Oh. Yeah, no, I I, I don't I don't hear that either. Rainer, she's I gonna apologize. sing a song. Shh, shh. <laughs> okay, so the sand singer, he gets ready to play this song, and he stops strumming his sitar, and it is almost silent. The only thing you can hear is the wind whistling past you, you know, blowing the Sand Singer's beard and uh, Abil's scarf past. 
And that's all you can hear is the wind. And the sand singer listens to the wind. It's almost as if he's trying to like catch the tempo or the melody of the wind itself. And then he begins to pluck his sitar and play the song. And it's simple at first, but then it begins to build. And as he plays, the sand again ripples and moves around. And some of the bounces like a water droplet. And when it lands, it thuds, creating the percussive element of this song. And as he plays the rest of the song, the sand will also uh, take shape to match the characters and the places and the, the action that happens during the song. There's a little bit of time where it's just the music playing, and then finally the sand singer begins to sing. In the ancient Usra dungeon, all one hundred floors below, filled with dangers and treasures and monsters, only ancient Usra know. All the fools and the wizards and warriors, to this mystic place they all go. To the ancient Usra dungeon, all one hundred floors below. In the ancient Usra dungeon, what treasure is it that you seek? Is it power or magic or money or fame and wealth or mystique? You are not the first ones to have come here to have fallen for the Usra peak in the ancient Usra dungeon. What treasure is it that you seek? Oh, hundreds of years ago, the Usra controlled this land, building cities and towers and temples by controlling the soul of the sand. All the creatures and dangers and monsters they held in the palm of their hand in the dungeon you will give to their demands in the ancient Usra dungeon all 100 floors below filled with dangers and treasures and monsters only ancient Usra know all the fools and the wizards and warriors this deadly place they all go to the ancient Osra dungeon, all one hundred floors of woe. I think Rainer is very enthralled again by the music and the sand and the spectacle of everything just that is so cool um but also very very afraid 
Uh, he was already, but even more so a little bit now. And I think he says, it sounds like you're telling us to not go there. Like, it sounds like you're telling us that d- don't don't go there or we'll die. Right? The last chorus said deadly. I just want to I just want to make sure I have your intentions clear. I am not telling you what to do or where you go. I am simply singing the song that I have heard of a place or a person uh-huh. in this desert. What you do with this song is up to you. I want to ask a question, but I don't want to put like too much on anybody's plate because the first thing that came into my head and therefore the first thing that I think would come into Jonathan's head is asking him what is what does our song sound like your song huh yeah like the song of your little group here yeah he smiles and he listens to the wind and he says your song is not finished yet. There are oh, okay. many instruments in your song, many rhythms, many motifs, all interweaving together to create one song. I do not think I could sing it to you now. Wow. But it is a good song. There are many uh, major keys throughout, but there are also a few minor keys as well. (sighs) You have been on a long journey, yes. But (laughs) you are not finished yet. I hope to hear the end of your song someday. I legitimately don't know how to respond. Um, (laughs) um, I think Eloise pipes up. So... I mean, you said you were just kind of traveling around listening to the wind music or whatever, but where are you going? You could ask the same question to the wind itself. Where are you going? And you will get no answer. This would be a pointless question to ask. A waste of time. (laughs) I'm sorry. The only way to know where the wind is going is to follow the wind itself. So to know where your life is going, you must simply go and follow where it okay. takes yeah, you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, yeah, that that was yeah. Rainer 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 gets choked up a little bit like that's so true. It's so deep. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Rainer has found his like guru. <laughs> his sensei. <laughs> So wait, if I you... feel like we should we should we should probably ask him his name or else I will start thinking of him as Sensei. <laughs> I am the Sand Singer. Oh, you know what? I forgot. He did say that in place of a name. Oh, is that is that your is that your name? Is that like is that your is that your writer given name? Like when you were born, that's what your parents were like. This sand is singer. This is my name. Okay. This is what I am called. Uh, I, but I, but no, I chose it. Uh, a... <laughs> there it is. Okay. It's more of that's a that's good enough for me. I'm you know. It's more of like my a title that people know me as. But tell me, what is your names? Uh, Jonathan Bismarck wow. of the uh, Bismarcks. Um, <laughs> maybe you've heard of me. Probably not if you spend most of your time in the desert. Oh, my name is Grog, son of Hanus Slayer. And uh, oh, oh my God. Uh, have you ever wondered if your life could be. Come on, Jonathan, help me out here. 
I'm, I'm, I'm better. <laughs> better. Yes. Sorry, I thought you were going to finish it. You started it. That's fine. We got, we're good. <laughs> Do we have the religion for you? It's true. And it's called the simplicity. Oh, yeah, it is. It's uh, all about the spirit sim and uh, light and uh, colors. Um, yeah, that, that's that's about it. That really is all there is to it. Uh, Jonathan, here, uh, you, help me out here. Um, okay, so you're obviously all about uh, stories. I uh, have personally met with um, the great uh, spirit of color, the three-in-one sim, and they are also very fond of sharing and stories. And uh, so fond, in fact, that they uh, are interested in meeting people who want to uh, share stories. We actually just came from uh, the Rainbow Oasis. Um, been to travel for about twelve days uh, that way. But um, if you uh, if you want to spend some time, just kind of hanging out and uh, sharing stories, that's it's a good place to do. It's a great experience. Uh, uh, go hit up uh, <laughs> hit up Yensis and Malak. Uh, they they hook you up. Oh yeah, they they got the best <laughs> food in town. Malak will cook it up something. Oh, good. great food. We'll cut you a deal, get you some room and board, show you how to meet Sim. It'll it'll be great. Uh, actually, there's some stories being yeah. developed there right now. So yeah, maybe stay away from the keeper of uh, the oasis. But um, <laughs> otherwise, yeah. But no. But we as uh, scions of Sim, oh, I like that. I like that. Um, have uh, the ability to uh, brighten your life, as it were. Get you some pep. Get you some color in your wardrobe. You know, uh, it's 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 a lot of earthy, <laughs> a lot of earthy tones. Yeah, I mean, we can change up really anything that you want. Uh, but you know, probably something something special. You know, get some color to it. What what would you want us to change the color for you? Ah, uh, well, I kind of like my wardrobe as it is. So uh, maybe my sitar. <gasps> Please say yes. Know. Please you, say yes. What, what, what do you say, Jonathan? What do uh, you think? Okay, definitely. <laughs> uh, I think I think uh, I think you should do it. Was that was that him definitely agreeing to it? Was that was that permission? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Gorg takes the sitar from the Sand Singer, and he slams the symbols together, and okay, uh, Gorg rolled a nineteen. Oh. All right, so he's going to make it all nice. one color, the whole sitar, and he's going to make it the color gold. Yes. yes. Ooh. The golden sitar. I like that. Yes. And there you go. A gift from Sim. I... Oh, that's I... right. Sorry, not not gift. Um, <clears throat> uh, this is one of the he... benefits yeah. of having a relationship with <laughs> Sim. That's the Yeah, one. he gets a little touchy if you yes. call him gifts and transactions and stuff. Right, yes. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think of our religion? <laughs> so, yeah, what does uh, God, what does Sim would this? love this guy. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, you guys have definitely put up a very persuasive pitch with the... Uh, Golden sitar? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> is that persuasive enough? It, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Uh, he's like, so is this uh, real gold? Well, um, uh, yeah. Don't don't go. I mean, you could don't don't sell it. It's part of your craft. Yeah, yeah. I, it just looks gold. It's not. It's not actually gold. My golden, genuine gold sitar made of gold. Yeah. If it was real gold, it would probably impact the sound quality. True. So. <laughs> 
It's a good thing. <laughs> Rainer's just like, of course, of course, every musician knows this, yep. <laughs> well, as you know, I follow the winds. But uh, after this gift, I think the winds might be calling me towards the oasis. Jonathan, like, very discreetly is like, yes! That's one <laughs> for the record books. <laughs> I think he leans over to uh, Abiel and is like, you got it. I mean, you, you, you're keeping the books, right? We need a book for records. Yes, I have the books. Um, not, not like to keep records, but records, records that we break. Like, 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 <laughs> like keeping track of, of records that we have. Like this, this book will be the record book and it will keep, so mark one down for Sims friends. Oh, don't worry. I will keep track of the record books. And he just pulls out like a, <laughs> a random piece of paper and just puts a single hash mark on it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. No, I'm so, Perfect. I'm so glad that I can use my great accounting skills to count to one. <laughs> one. Every day. I'm... This is exactly why I traded my shadow and am forced to wander the desert. <laughs> so that I can count I, to uh, oh my goodness. one. Every day I, it brings me joy uh, taking you on. <laughs> Abiel has slowly become one of my favorite characters. I have been forced into <laughs> exile. To, I traded my shadow for this skill so I can keep track of your stupid <laughs> record books. Oh, I'm sh- glad. Oh, shut That's up, Abiel. Great. You're having a good time. Don't lie. <laughs> uh, Rainer, is, Rainer is pestering the Sandsinger with questions. And I think the first... Uh, assuming he hasn't already, like, left... Is nope. he still? Can I still ask him questions? Yeah, you can okay. still ask him questions. Yeah, I think Elo- while while all this is going on, Eloise has kind of sat down and is just kind of like like playing along in her flute. Like she's she's not really like playing a melody or anything. She's just kind of hitting harmonies and playing notes, just kind of riffing off of whatever this guy's playing on the sitar. Cool. Yeah. So you you play your flute, kind of join in him on the tunes, but uh, you guys do got to get back on your journey, but back in your way. Well, Rainer's got questions. Oh, I was I was kind of assuming that they were just gonna be like generic. You just talk to him about stuff. I, I have a couple specific ones if we have time. Yeah, I'll go for it. Okay, uh, Rainer's first question that he asked the guy is, um, "Have you have you been to this dungeon?" I have not. I have uh, only heard the song, only heard the stories. But uh, as it says in the song you just heard, you will not be the first ones to go there. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what I'm afraid of. Do you believe the parts that, you know, the parts of the song that talked about? I'm I'm drawing a blank on the specific words, but like, doom and giving to the sands demands and things like that. A song like this tends to uh, grow the truth more <laughs> than it really is. Uh, so they make it bigger for the effect of the song. But a song like this without any truth would not be a song worth singing again. So we must remember that the message of the song is still true, and that message is of caution. I think at the moment, Rainer is just like slack-jawed, like, wow, that's that's like music in a nutshell. That's so interesting to think about. But later on, when this guy isn't with the group anymore, Rainer's going to think back to that and be like, I have no idea what the fuck he just said. <laughs> well, it was good to speak with you and to meet you. Um, oh, my name's my name's Rainer. I'm 
and he kind of thinks for a second and then he says i'm i'm a I was gonna say I was gonna say musician, but that sounds really lame after so much dramatic pause. I'm a musician. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Rainer. Well, Rainer, I hope that your song is sung for many generations, and that it will bring hope and inspiration to anyone that may hear its beautiful tale. Wow. Yeah, you're Thank like you. the coolest person we've met since like we left the gate. <laughs> I can say that, right? Like you already you already had a leg up on the competition because you didn't like try to hurt us or, or maul us or in, in any way. But even so, beyond that, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, Yetzis and Malak were pretty cool. They 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 gave us free food and stuff. Oh yeah, they didn't try to hurt us. They, they were pretty cool. Well, uh, safe travels on your journey, and be careful for the magic of this desert. Can get even the best of us. Uh, what does that mean? Okay. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> Abiel, how do you say goodbye in Therivian? Uh Oh yeah. Um, that's a great question. Maybe he says that. For some reason, I thought you were gonna have Abiel just be super sarcastic, like you wave your arms like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> this is traditional Therivian goodbye. <laughs> you know what? Nope. We gotta do that. No, that's exactly do. You'll dance around like a chicken. You'll flap your arms around. That's how you say goodbye. I think Jonathan, like, stares at Abiel, like, unblinking for a few seconds. I cannot get a beat on you. I just, I don't, I don't know whether you're pulling my leg. I don't, I don't know whether you're being serious. I can't, no, I can't tell. No, no, are you, are you? You, of course, that is not it. <laughs> I said you have not seen anyone do this the whole time you are here. Do I, I don't. Maybe they were just being rude. I don't know. You have heard people say goodbye <laughs> to you before. I don't know. I don't speak the language. <sighs> to say goodbye, all you say is Wadin and wave your arms. <laughs> I think he turns quick as the the guys leave and he just goes, "Hey, Wadin!" No, no, <laughs> it's Wadin. Wadin. Uh, Wadin. Are you saying that uh, you have never mocked me for saying your words incorrectly? I don't think any of us have ever done that. I'm pretty sure we haven't. We we mock you for being we mock you for being kind of over dramatic sometimes. When have I ever been over dramatic? Okay, let's go. <laughs> Who's setting the pace? <laughs> <laughs> Set the pace. Pace. Uh, Quark sets the pace. Ooh. So he's gonna set a rushed pace because he's pretty Hell excited yeah. uh, after what you guys we just did. Did a sim thing, and that's cool. Yeah, you guys did a sim thing, um, and he found out that you're pretty close. So he's gonna go with a rushed pace. So you guys can just get to the dungeon, and we're gonna roll that dice, and that is a sixteen. So uh, because it is a rushed pace. You guys can't really do much other than just run in. We walk very right, right. fast. Nathan, we rush. Well, I guess I guess you wouldn't be running. You would just be w- moving at a very brisk pace with no stops. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's all you're really doing these days. Do we need to roll a d12? Uh, I just did that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear you say roll a d12, so I just didn't know. Um, well, first no, of all... A, first of all, it was a d20... 
Yeah, it's it's been a D20 <laughs> all season. Shit, I'm still thinking about Mirjik. Never mind. Oh, I guess. Oh, <laughs> no, wait. Mirjik is also a D20. All right, what, ne- never mind. Never mind. Yep. We gotta keep moving. We gotta keep moving. So you you head out and again you're back in the sand dune biome. Once again, there's no more of that dry, uh, cracked up stuff. Um, just the rolling sand dunes. So again, very familiar, very used to this terrain. And I mean, after all of this traveling, again, you've gotten very, very good at getting through it. I mean, it's taken us probably just as long to upload these episodes as you actually spent traveling through them because it takes us forever to get through fucking anything. Nathan, why are you calling out our entire podcast like that? (laughs) It's not nice. That's just calling us to see it. Just calling us to see it. (laughs) Uh, But uh, with Grorg's um, map, and uh, you are able to figure out that you are going to get there tomorrow. So, like, it's going to be, like, two days worth of travel. Hold on. Um... Well, then let me double check my map here. I want to make sure that I've got the distances correct here. I don't want to be factually inaccurate over here, okay? Yeah, on the on the country and planet that you made up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. That's fair. Um, I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, so, yeah, tomorrow you are going to, uh, based off of the map and Gorg's calculations, you are going to reach the dungeon, probably early in the morning. Um, so you're tense and you're nervous. Yeah, definitely. And Rainer, I'm sure you probably have uh, a tough time uh, falling asleep that, that night. Yeah. Um, as all these things are rushing through your brain. So what what are you thinking about? Um, gal, it, I, it's probably finally hitting him that this could very well be the end of the traveling, at least. Like, even best case scenario, nobody gets hurt. They get Quiz back. They get Bethilda back. Everything goes great. Even then, this would be the end of the journey, so to speak, that started when they left Goldon, like way, way back when they were going towards Coasterine, you know? Mm. And then they got there, they went they went on the ship, they got to Tereve, everything happened in Tereve. They've been traveling for such a long time, and it's possible this will finally be the end, and it's possible this will also finally bring a close to... I mean, I know I'm repeating myself, but Quiss and Bethilda and basically these things that feel like they've been on his conscience for years, you know, imagining himself not on this journey is kind of bizarre, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that does. Yeah. I mean, I think I think there's still some worry there as well, because everything they've heard about this dungeon is pretty intimidating. And Mirjik himself is not exactly a pushover so he's a little freaked out as well yeah so i think rainer you're you're laying there on the sand staring up at the stars trying to fall asleep and i think after all this travel everyone's sleep schedules have kind of gotten synced up together right right, right. uh just because you know you sleep when everyone else sleeps and everyone wakes up at the same time so you can travel more efficiently and uh, otherwise, you're tired if you, you know, don't sleep with everyone else. So uh, you're staring uh, up at the stars, and you, you do this a lot, but you've been able to get more familiar with them, especially ever since Grorg uh, pointed out some of the constellations to you. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, you see um, the tooth and letter D, and there's the one that you used to uh, call the gnome. Uh, <laughs> And then you see two stars that you haven't seen before. You don't know if they 
uh, were just always covered up by clouds or you just never counted them, but you don't recognize them. And then you look back and they have moved. Uh, these two stars are in a different spot in the sky. Uh... And the group of stars behind them have also kind of followed <laughs> as well. Uh, they've almost like kind of scooted. And then you see it again. They kind of skitter across the okay. sky. They kind of uh, slide or or shift to, to a new spot. So it's like the stars are kind of like what? crawl over to a um, new place. Uh-huh. Is it a thing where like... It happened in a in a in a split second, and I'm not noticing anything else. Or is it happening a couple times? Or like what's? Um, it's happened a couple times. So you'll see, you know, the stars kind of skitter across, and then the two okay bright stars that kind of be at the front of this group kind of move around, and and then it skitters and it crawls to a new spot somewhere else in the sky. Okay, so it's definitely not his eyes playing tricks on him or something, right? And it's not the whole sky that's doing this. It just seems to be like one constellation that seems to be crawling across the night sky uh-huh <laughs> jonathan <laughs> uh yeah what's up hey uh do you do you see do you see something weird if you and he just kind of points and he trails off like uh he, that um you have got to be more specific my friend i <laughs> that is that is the sky uh, I mean, I can have Grog do the constellations again. He's good at that. Wait, better idea. Can I borrow the the, the scope of thing? Uh, yeah, sure. Here you go. Thank you. Uh, Rainer <laughs> Rainer looks through the hoopascope. Uh, can I tell anything more now? Um, i I want to I want to I want to say something right now. I do hope that Rainer doesn't think that by looking through a telescope he will be able to see stars better because that Rainer's is... looking through the telescope because he suspects that they aren't stars. That's what I I wanted to hear. <laughs> okay. I mean, people use telescopes to look at stars. <laughs> it's got to be a much, much bigger telescope. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, we described ours as like a pirate spyglass. <laughs> That's true. It is a smaller telescope. Yeah, I think it takes you a couple of seconds to find the spot in the sky that you're looking for. Um, roll an awareness for me. Excellent. And then don't forget to, uh-huh. to roll with advantage, too. What's that? The longoscope gives you advantage on awareness. Does it really? Yes, it does. Yep. Oh, that's fantastic, because I rolled a three. Oh. Okay, that's better. That's better. Uh, 15. Okay. So, with 15, you're looking uh, at it, and the first thing you realize is that the focus you originally had to be looking at the stars um, is is too far away. To see mm-hmm. this thing. So you have to pull in the focus. It's a lot closer than you originally thought it was. Okay. And uh, then you see it skitter and so you have to trace it along. And Jonathan, you, you see the stars kind of skitter and crawl across the sky uh, as well. Oh. Okay. Uh, could that be maybe what you are referring to? Yeah, that'd be it. Can I roll nature or something to see if I have any clue what would do that? Uh, that's a D&D stat. I was going to say, I don't think that's a stat you own, child. Yeah, we don't have that. I have been listening to, I've been listening to a lot of the Adventure Zone. <laughs> um, I didn't mean nature. I meant... Well, we have course. our own stat that we call Rashinashinashinash. Rashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashinashin
Yeah, I got an eight. Uh, Jonathan's going to roll a uh, Rackadack. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> the de-evolution of this word. <laughs> Razzmatazz. That's a 14. Uh, so with that 14, you, you're able to kind of notice that this thing that's moving, uh, again, has two primary stars that are a little bit brighter than the rest of them that kind of lead near the front of this group. And the rest of the stars behind it will kind of slide and shift with it. But then uh, when it gets to its new spot, they will fade and adjust to the stars that were previously there. Oh. Uh, almost kind of like it's trying to blend in and camouflage with the stars that are there. I think Jonathan turns to like Gorgon and Beale and goes, hey, uh, you guys know any... Uh, they're asleep. You, um, hey, wake up. Um, were you asleep? <laughs> it's nighttime. Uh, real quick, you guys know about any uh, invisible uh, flying animals that can like make themselves look like the sky? Um, I don't know about any flying sky creatures, but I do know some invisible animals. You know about invisible animals? Well, just just the one, the the heinous beast can turn invisible. That's why it's so difficult to hunt. Oh, damn. Okay, that's new. But no, it, it can't fly, so I don't. It doesn't live out here in the desert. Um, a, a beetle. What? Why am I awake right now? Do you know of any, uh, uh, night sty creatures? I am not an animal biologist, man. I am a countess. Okay, yeah, but so. We're, we're asking you because you've spent a lot of time in the desert. Like, I thought that was obvious. Are you asking me this just because you are having late night talk or is there a creature around? I, I mean, maybe. And he, like, points up to the area that the thing is happening. Abil kind of follows your finger uh, up into the sky and kind of squints, you know, rubs his eyes, still trying to wake up. And then the, the stars move and he goes, oh, actually, I I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, my bad, I don't know that. Uh, in your language, that would be called a star crawler. I don't know what I was expecting. Well, I am trying to say it in your language so it can make sense for your <laughs> brains. Yes. I, I genuinely want to hear what it's called in Therivian. Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. Give me a second. <laughs> the uh, Therivian name for it is uh, Najaz. Ooh, cool. So that is what it is uh, traditionally what, called, Najaz. Wh- where is it? Is it just like a short distance above us but it just looks like the stars are moving but like no it is uh, very close in fact you could uh, reach out your hand and touch it if you want uh Rainer very hesitantly reaches toward where he saw the things moving so you're gonna like extend your hand up uh, into the sky pretty much <laughs> uh huh he does that alright roll camaraderie oh my god yes. seriously yep Wow. I'm 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 optimistic. Are we about to get another fucking pet? Maybe. <laughs> uh maybe not. I only rolled the 10. Uh yeah, the the, the little star crawler doesn't seem interested in you. <laughs> um so Bill's like, uh, no, let me show you how to do it right." <laughs> okay, okay. Uh and so he sticks out his right hand just kind of in the direction of the stars. And he starts calling toward. He's like, ah, "Come here, <laughs> come here, little Najaz. Come on, the Najaz. Come here, come here, come here, come here Najaz." <laughs> and the stars kind of scamper over towards him wow. and, and crawl onto his arm. And the creature is about the size of his arm, so about a oh couple feet God. long. Oh my God! Okay, 
and it's about the same shape and form as like a salamander or a gecko with the two bright stars being its eyes. Whoa! And the rest of its body is the same color as the night sky with the stars kind of sprinkled around. And In fact, it kind of looks almost like the sky has crawled onto his arm. What the shit? It's just in the shape okay. and the form of a large gecko. Dude, I think uh, Jonathan, like, shakes Eloise. Eloise slaps Jonathan's hands away and goes back to sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Does it it have wings? I I think I'm asking this out of character because I'm... Uh, No, there are no wings that you can see. How is it... Okay, then Raynor, in character... How is it flying? It is not flying. It is uh, crawling amongst the stars. Uh, and as he's talking about this, the uh, Najaz, the star crawler, is just kind of moving around his shoulders and his arms, just kind of like uh, nuzzling its its head against a his beetle. neck like a cat. Real quick, how far away... Do you think stars are? I know that the stars are not like right there in front of us. They are uh, up in the the heavens. I'm just saying, look, I don't know how it works. I'm not an animal man. (laughs) Okay. I just know the star crawler crawls across the sky and it can then crawl down onto the ground or onto your arm and it does not need to fly. That's all it does. can't. I cannot wrap my head around this. <laughs> do, do you want to hold it? Does anyone? It is getting quite annoying on my shoulders. Uh, Jonathan definitely extends his hand. Okay, perfect. Uh, roll camaraderie. To, like, uh, yeah. So before that, before that, just to be entirely clear, Abiel is standing there with a giant lizard, like cooing and friendly, like mm-hmm. crawling around his shoulders, and he's very seriously saying, "I am not an animal, man." <laughs> Jonathan rolled it at 18. Oh, yeah. It's it's going to be all over you. Yeah, it loves that. Um, yeah. Okay, so you, you put your arm next to Beals, and it just kind of uh, scampers all the way uh, over onto your shoulders. Hey, look at that. Uh, it's got a very um, cool feeling. Tight. It's very dope. <laughs> Uh, but you don't feel, uh, like any pressure when it climbs on you. It's almost like, um, a soft breeze, but concentrated where its foot is touching Weird. you. Yeah, so it's very, very light. I really, I, I love this so much. This is so interesting. But you see where I'm having confusion here, right? Like, what is it holding on to? Like, where Me in at this the... Point. the <laughs> I, I can't well, hold make on. this let's, make sense in my head. Let's find out. And Jonathan uh, extends the arm that it's on upwards towards the sky. I think it kind of looks up at the sky and kind of scampers to the end of your arm. And then it looks back to you and back at the sky. And it looks back to you and it just kind of like leans its head as if it's like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, hey, it's, I mean, it's your life. Do what you oh want. Oh, my God. I just... I mean, I figured you wouldn't stay here forever, so... His little stars kind of twinkle and blink at you. But I think it then um, the star crawler, the Najaz, uh, scampers down your leg, um, kind of looks back at you one more time, and then it, it kind of scampers back off into the desert towards the sand for a little while. And then you see the Najaz kind of reach the horizon, 
but instead of continuing over the desert, it almost as if the the horizon itself was just one backdrop. It just kind of crawls from the ground into the sky as if it just was one transition piece. Fuck yeah! Uh, so now it uh, scampers uh, in through in through the sky. So, so this fucking Schrodinger's gecko that we are observing, like quantum leaps based on our perspective <laughs> of the horizon. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm so fucking about this animal. I'm trying to be, but it's also breaking my brain. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, to complete the image in my don't, head, don't, but I'm so lost. Don't try too hard, Randy. Just just enjoy this. <laughs> just enjoy the moment. It's mad. That's true. It is magical. This, and we could still be dreaming. That's too. right. This could all be a dream. Who knows? No, this is not a dream. <laughs> I have seen the Najaz before, uh, but it is uh, magic. For you see, the Najaz feeds off of the magic of the desert itself, off of wow. the sand. You will not find them anywhere else in the world. Well, that was cool. Um, it's probably going to take me a while to go to bed, but I'm going to try <laughs> anyway. Okay, I, I I guess me too. Yeah. Okay, good night. Uh, <laughs> thanks for waking me up in the middle of my good dream so I could help you. Find uh, Bill, we, we absolutely Bill. needed you on that one. We were very afraid. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for all of your information. Also, I have found that if you try and remember and envision where you were in the dream as you were falling asleep, I find that I can usually pick up back where I left off. Hmm. Really? Huh. Okay, I will try this. So Bill lays down and he starts whispering to himself. He's... He's like, okay, I I have my shadow, and, and people love me, and I am very uh, popular in the village of A, and I'm surrounded oh. by piles oh, of piles. money, and uh, I am a successful accountant, and uh, everyone is, likes piles me. Piles of money everywhere, but not my money, other people's money for me to count. Yes. And uh, I'm not stuck in the desert. And, uh, I have uh, nice shoes, and my hair is very so clean. Good. So good. I shall, wow. I shall have a good dream now. <laughs> you all awaken the next morning out of habit, out of routine. Start packing up your camp like you've done all these days before and you begin to start you know getting ready to to leave and it all slowly starts to hit everyone at different times that this is it this is the last day that you'll be traveling until you get to the dungeon this is it and there is again some excitement some nervousness and some fear because you don't know what you're gonna find but you know you're you're gonna get there but you know you might also find your friend Quiz too. Yeah. So you all finally head off, you know, cresting over the sand dunes, just trudging along as you usually do. Uh, but after about an hour of travel, uh, you are able to see a tower off in the distance, kind of sticking up above the sand. Ooh. Um, and as you get closer, you're able to note that this tower itself is very worn by the winds 
there might have been something engraved or painted on it, but the sand that has blown past it has almost made the walls smooth because of the, the sand blowing past. And the top of this tower has crumbled. And it used to be much taller, but it's you know missing the top. And it's a very skinny tower. It's not one you could climb up. It's like um, uh, a minaret. Minaret. minaret yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, like a, it's like a minaret. And at the base of this tower is a building. Uh, half buried in the sand. In fact, you wouldn't have even been able to notice it until you get closer. It almost looked just like another sand dune. Uh, but again, as you approach it, you're able to see that about a part of it is sticking out so you can see its square-like corners and walls um, as the other half is almost completely submerged in the sand as the, as the dunes have almost like crashed over it like a wave, uh, burying or drowning half of this, this base in the sand. So, finally, after days and days of travel, you have arrived at the ancient Usra dungeon, Al-Baraj, the Buried Tower. Wow! I think Jonathan's like, so, um, (sighs) (laughs) now what? I think we go inside. Just to be totally clear, did you say there's another smaller building at the base of the big building? Uh, so there's there's a skinny tower, yeah. the minaret, and at the base of that is the building. Um, so you can't really climb in the tower itself. It's like it's like a decorative structure. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. So it's really just one building with the tower, the minaret sticking above it, and then the base buried in the sand. Oh, okay. Okay, I gotcha. Yep. So I uh, I guess we just go in, right? Is this the kind of thing where you just walk in through the front door? I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. I'm saying maybe it. Maybe it is. You know. I mean, does anyone else see any other way, or know of any other way of getting in this thing besides the front fucking door? Rainer kind of side eyes a beal. Uh, I, I am not. I have. I have never even been. A beal. A beal. A beal. Let me. Let me. Let me do this one for you. Just because Abiel is in the desert doesn't mean he is an expert on everything in the desert. This is what I have I been don't, I don't saying the whole time. I'm not I saying am not, that. I have walked through the desert, but I have <laughs> not been in a dungeon. They are a, a very well, skip. Well, not yet. But I look. I am. I have traded my shadow for accounting, so I can know things about numbers. I am not archaeologist. Or all I meant was, I already know that me and the rest of the group don't know about secret dungeon entrances. I thought the only person who even had a small chance of knowing that was the guy who knows the desert better than we do. That's all I meant. I apologize if I was if that was offensive. It was very Didn't offensive. You have hurt my feelings. I thought we were friends. <laughs> oh my god! And now I not all. That's not ta- what I meant either. But now I feel like it was, and I'm sorry. Not all Tarivians know about dungeons. Okay, uh, let's think, just go. Let's just go. Away. Yeah, I think Eloise like looks up at this like tall, imposing structure and like follows it down. Is is there like an obvious door or hole or entrance? Uh, no, there is not. Okay. Oh, um, never mind. Uh, it's like I said, the base is kind of like surrounded with sand. So if there was an entrance, it might be hidden or even buried under the sand. So you're gonna have to kind of look around to actually find it. Okay. Um, Eloise is gonna get into uh, get into a semi fighting stance. 
just kind of <laughs> just kind of get a little you know a little ready and she's gonna walk over to the, the building and see if she can figure something out okay how is she what is she doing ex- when she gets there I think she's she's walking around, like getting closer and like walking around and seeing if she can see anything different about the walls that are exposed. Okay, roll a uh, ratiocination. Nice. Let me get you that doopaloopa roll. <laughs> oh, that is a nat twenty, my guy. Oh my goodness! Wow. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're gonna find it, I suppose. I guess. So, uh, Eloise, after walking around a little bit, you are able to see uh, right at the top of of one of these little sand dunes against the wall just a little crack in in the wall and so as you push the sand aside you're able to reveal more of the doorway that had been buried in the sand and so now it is clear that this is the entrance into mm. the dungeon hey hey guys give me a hand or five yeah i've got a couple hands <laughs> uh so i think grog comes over to help uh and leroy and of course uh, chub the dog Helps to uh, clear away some of the sand. And I think probably trouble because they're, you know, fumbles yeah, are, are burrowing like creatures. And so within 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you guys are able to start clearing the sand away. Um, oh, that's and awesome. now there is a big enough entrance that you can uh, get inside. Okay. So we're able to get to it? Yes. Well, good. Did you already describe the inside chamber and I totally missed uh, it? No, we haven't. Oh, okay. No one's gone inside yet. Uh, I'm going to go in. All right. I think. Definitely, at least, like, that I can think of. I feel like everybody is hanging back, but I feel like it makes sense that Raynor makes the first move. Right. Shoot, I'm really sorry, guys. Is this, like, an actual entrance? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I I misunderstood again, because I'm terrible at visualizing things today. I thought it was, like, a little alcove or something leading further in, but it wasn't the door yet? No, no, it is. But it is a door? Yeah. You have brushed the sand aside. Yep. And revealed the door. Okay, I am so sorry. So Rainer's going in there still? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think he would hang back uh, to say anything or... I think he would just go in. Okay. So you scoot and slide your way in through your makeshift hole and kind of slide down the sand uh, into the base of this room. The room itself is very dark. The only light that is coming in is from the little opening that you just dug out. And the room itself is almost completely filled with sand. In every nook and every corner, it seems to have just piled up over years and years and years. Um, in the few places that you can see the wall, it is made out of this very familiar sandstone that you've been seeing. And it has been worn smooth over years and years of the sand brushing past it. So if anything was written on there again, you just can't see it. So as you're making, you know, looking around the room and, and kind of getting a lay of the land with the, the little light you have, the sand seems to be funneling down towards a base point. And about 20 yards in front of you, the sand has stopped, and it reveals some stairs that lead deeper into the next floor of the dungeon. There it is. Hey, Abiel. So thinking about uh, counting higher than one... I'm thinking maybe we need some sort of... I mean, okay, so the guy in the song said that there was a hundred floors in this dungeon. I'm thinking maybe we need some way of keeping track of where we've been and how far we have left to go. So maybe we could put that one in the record book. Or do do you have some way of, like, 
like mocking off like on the wall of like a place that I mean I suppose it's just down we don't really need to we just keep going never you know what never mind it was it was dumb never mind no I I think I think cataloging the different floors might really come in handy it might be good to know exactly where we are at least I will uh, use my knowledge of counting past one <laughs> to uh, record all of the floors and anything that we might encounter to make a, a map. So for the way back. Okay, perfect. That's great. Not that uh, you guys can't do any counting yourself. I'll I'll just do it for you. Okay, that's fine. Um, I mean, I I hope we don't need it, but I don't know. I feel like we might need it. Yeah. Who who knows what we're gonna find down there? Could be anything. Yeah. Also true. So is everyone else still outside the dungeon, or, is, or have they come inside yet? No, everyone has. Everyone's coming. <laughs> so uh. How are we going to have light on the, the lower floors? Boy, that's a good question. Um, mm. Well, would you look at this? Well, would you look at what I've got in my inventory? <laughs> what is it, Leroy? So I don't quite remember how I acquired this, Uh huh. but I've got a mining helmet in my bag. You kept your mining helmet? Leroy, that was such a long time ago. Again, I don't remember how long ago it was, but I, I got all kinds of stuff in here. I've got some... Some pastries, although those, oh, those are those are definitely bad. <laughs> you were, you, okay, you guys were both getting on my case for having the cabbages for too long, but you've had the pastries with you for, like, four years? Four years? What? You, how long do you think this show has been going on? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I went out of context. It's not even been one year yet. <laughs> I, went, I went out of character when I said that. Oh, I should have clarified. Oh. Well... I think it's been like just a couple months, really. <laughs> I think Jonathan's like, yeah, I don't even, I don't even have that helmet anymore. Well, I guess we can use this for light. I still have this magic light, nightlight. Oh. That's the thing I have. Oh yeah, the nightlight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's dope. I mean, it, it glows. That's perfect. <laughs> that works great. Jamie, do you remember what the nightlight was in the shape of? Uh, I think we just said it was like a pretty basic round shape, like a little sphere oval type thing okay i I think we made it something specific i'm pretty sure we we did too yeah but we'd have to go like all the way back to season one to figure out what that is i i can i can find that it wouldn't be too hard better find it by next recording that's what i'm saying it's gonna be a difficult task for you hell yeah the audience might beat you to it though (laughs) i mean they're they're very resourceful and they're gonna they're gonna comb through all these episodes so now it's really a race who's gonna get it first you or you or them yeah but they also won't hear this question we're discussing for another month and a half well, then you got to head start that. You better, you, better, you better get to it. <laughs> yep. All right, let's get started. Um, so just so you guys know, as we delve into this dungeon, just for everyone's sanity, I'm not going to be describing every detail of every floor. Great. All right, sounds um, good. Just because there's a lot of floors, and we want to make sure this plot keeps moving. So I'm just going to generalize the floors as we go along. Um, however, if Jake, Jamie, if, if you guys... Here's something I described, and you want to explore more in detail, just let me know, and we can delve into that part. Okay. Um, but we're just going to keep things moving. Makes sense. Uh, for the for the most part. Okay. <laughs> so the six of you and your pets descend into the dungeon. And as you begin to explore, you note that these first few floors are very barren. The only thing that they're really filled up with is a lot of dust or sand, um, the walls have been worn uh, smooth by this sand, uh, but after the second floor, as you move into the third one, you notice the walls are, are more actually worn out by maybe people scratching and trying to remove whatever 
uh, designs were on these walls. And the sand does decrease as you go down the floors, but there's still a lot of dust and sand everywhere. Uh, you also encounter quite a few skeletons uh, as you get through. Uh, some skeletons are clearly just people who got stuck down here, weren't able to find their way out, and as they kind of died in the corner, uh, a lot of them seem to be stuck on traps. There's, you know, people with crushed bones that have been slammed between stones. There's uh, skulls on the end of spikes that are sticking out of the walls. Uh, so just a lot of different skeletons of people who have died in this dungeon. Great, um, great, great, The great. air is very stale and dry. Again, it's been stuck down here for a long time. Again, just uh, over these first few floors as you move down them, it's very clear that they have been swept clean by previous explorers. There's just nothing that you can find of value. You know, there's open chests. There's pedestals that clearly used to have something on them that have been taken. Um, and in oh, great. And in their place is just a lot of dead adventurers who weren't able to make it out of this uh, alive. The dungeon itself is not very linear either as you oh, move through these hallways. Uh, there's a lot of winding passages and there's rooms with puzzles which thankfully have already been solved by previous people but you could very easily get lost down here if it wasn't for the fact that Abil was creating a map as you continue to explore um, and at the end of each floor you do find a set of stairs that lead down to the next floor below and again all along the way you just are finding dust and skeletons and you know people wearing rusted armor and they're long, you know, forgotten gear is just kind of turning into dust in, in the dungeon itself. Uh, but you are able to keep moving forward thanks to the progress of previous adventurers. Uh, so you keep moving down. Does does anyone have any thoughts at this time? I think Eloise is like, I mean, call me crazy, but I I guess I was expecting more opposition? I don't know. I guess I was I was expecting this to be more difficult. I, not that I want it to be. I just, I, I guess I was, I don't know. This is oddly straightforward. I, I, I keep worrying that the other, the other shoe is about to drop. And I mean, there's a lot of dead bodies out here. Just like I, I was prepared for some dead bodies, but there's already been quite a few. But we haven't, like, we haven't experienced any traps. Like, like there's, there's all these dead bodies around, but we haven't. We haven't, ex- like, there's no peril, you know? Like, well, I think that's because, and Gorg says this as he's crawling underneath a blade that has pinned a rotting carcass to the wall. I, I think that's because all of the traps have already been set off, so I'm sorry if that disappoints well, you. Well, I know, I didn't, I didn't mean disappointed. I, I, that's not what I meant. No, I think I gotcha. So, is the implication then that if we keep going further and further, eventually, and he kind of gulps nervously, we'll get to... The traps that haven't gone off yet. Well, I don't. I don't know. That's 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 not what I was really. That's not what I was saying. But now, now you put that in my head. I was just saying. I think it's weird that we haven't had to watch out for traps. There haven't been. And I think Jonathan pipes up and he goes, "Yeah, well, I mean, Quiz was here before us, right?" Huh. Yeah. Well, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know, like what parts of the dungeon Quiz has been in. Yeah, but I mean, like, like he's been in the dungeon. Like, a lot longer than we have. Like, he's probably set off a lot more traps, or at least gone through and explored a lot of this dungeon before us, so... That's a good point, yeah. I mean, that's 
that's probably why we're not seeing seeing so much of the traps, at least this far. Yeah, it's almost like as if there's been nothing to halt or stop our progress at all. And then there's something that halts your progress. <laughs> yes. I was waiting for that. Uh, so at the end of the hallway that you're on, and, and you're on the on the fourth floor now, at the end of this hallway, you see a shimmering, phantasmal, almost ghostly, like semi-transparent bluish wall that's kind of like... Uh, emanating some some blue light and so that's uh in between you and and the rest of the hallway and on the center of this wall is a box made out of the same kind of blue flowing ghostliness uh just kind of sticking out of the wall and then in the center of this box is a little uh slit um a little hole that's about two inches long maybe an inch wide um in front of you it's kind of in the wall yeah so there's there's the wall and then there's the box kind of sticking out of it and then on the front edge of this box is that little uh slot uh-huh eloise just stops and goes oh, damn it <laughs> okay i mean i don't want to run up and touch it right away can i can i throw a rock or something at the wall and just see what happens sure okay i do that uh, the rock uh, bounces off of the wall, and the wall kind of shimmers and ripples okay. out. Uh, but it's still there. But we can see we can see through it, though. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh huh. Hmm. Whatever key fits this keyhole. I mean, I assume we don't see anything else in our half of the room. Nah, this space is pretty devoid of stuff. Yeah. Oh, Bill, is there uh, anything that we walk past that could be the key to this thing? Uh, again, not a dungeon expert, but the only thing that we've really seen was a, a guy's hand and his fingers, but I, I don't think that's it. Yeah, I don't think that's a key. No, I I hope that's not a key. Well, Grog, do you want to go back and grab the finger? I could go and grab the <laughs> finger, yeah. Guys, no, guys, why would a finger be the key? That doesn't... I mean, I'm going to be honest, I don't know. Hold on, let me... And Jonathan runs up and uh, examines the box a little more closely. All right, give me that rustling lation. Ooh, I'll give you some uh, ratata. Ratata. <laughs> um, that is a fifteen. Mm. Okay, so you kind of get a better look at this wall, and you can see that the material that this whole thing is made out of doesn't look like it should be solid, but it does hold up to force and pressure. You can't walk through it. You can't move through it. So it's definitely in the way the box itself is about a foot in each uh, each dimension and it's sticking out from the wall uh, and again there's a slit on the front face of this box which is very narrow about two inches long barely half an inch wide um, and with a 15 you can kind of ascertain that in order to get through this you would probably need to put something into the slot on that box Okay. <laughs> okay. So, you know, you know the design of my shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, how it's kind of got like pointy bits at the end. Yep. Could I like use that to touch inside the keyhole and just see if anything crazy happens? Yeah. Yeah. Kay. You can do that. Yeah. You stick your shield in there and you wiggle it around, and the box does resist. You know, it's not like you can slide through it completely. Right. Uh, but you wiggle it around and yep. nothing happens. Hmm. Okay. Okay, uh, at least we know if we put the wrong thing, uh, it's not going to kill us or anything. Oh, jeez, I didn't even think about that. 
Oh, great. Now I gotta worry about being killed by a box. Well, no, we now we know it won't. And Rainer is now realizing that he did that test, and if it had gone wrongly, he would have been... Just fuck it. Just go. Yeah, and he's just, just like, oh, went okay. It. Oh, well. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I got fucking nothing. I don't have a key, and it kind of seems like we need a key for this box. Well, uh, it has definitely been a long day of traveling through this dungeon, so maybe it would be best if we just uh, kind of stopped here for now, got some rest, uh, tried to get some sleep, uh, and, and stayed until we got a better idea. Oh, huh. okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, sure, I suppose. We got nothing else to do. And it is here that we shall be trapped next to this blue wall, and we oh, shall perish again, in this deep this dungeon. That I... How will we <laughs> sleep in this maddening place? <laughs> there is no hope here. I mean, I was going picture... to have problems sleeping anyway, but... Yeah. Okay, so do you guys set up camp right here then? Yes. I guess. Okay. So you set up camp and you kind of make yourself some food and you realize that while you did pack enough supplies to get to the dungeon, you don't know how long your rations are going to last down here. Oh, love that. That's that's what you that's what you want to hear. Eloise definitely starts um, like rationing out her food into like smaller increments. Yeah, so you're you're very low on food. Um, and while you do have some food and water left, there is yeah, you're you're on the last bits of it for sure. Dang, we must only have like two or three water by now. At max, at max. <laughs> <laughs> so you all uh, go to bed on that nice stone hard ground, which is very different from the sleeping on the sand that you've been doing uh, in the past. Of course, of course. Uh, so I think it's probably very difficult for people to fall asleep at this time. Um, actually, I want to see who is being the lightest sleeper, uh, right now. Who do you think? Um, we could roll. We could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, let's roll, let's roll for it. Everyone roll. What, what should we, we roll? Uh, just roll a, a d20. I don't, okay. <laughs> I don't want to make a sleep stat. <laughs> if you say so. All right, so what did everybody oh, get? Oh, God, okay. Well, Jonathan rolled a nat 20, and Eloise rolled a nat Damn. 1. Okay, oh. yes. Uh, <laughs> Eloise is wow. wide awake. She ain't getting any sleep tonight. Jonathan was like, hey, <laughs> so we're taking a break, right? We're, we're done for the day, we're going to go to sleep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that seems pretty standard to his character. So, Eloise, you are tossing and you're turning. Not only is the ground not comfortable, but you were just thinking about... Everything that's coming up, you know, the food and the water situation, you're aware that there's going to eventually be traps that have yet to be unactivated and other mysteries. So you are going to be the first one to hear the footsteps coming towards you uh, from the direction that you just came from down the hall. Oh, that's great. Oh that's great. That's what you want to hear. That's um, great. Eloise, like, very quickly starts, like, shaking everybody. It's just like whoever's closest, like, guys, guys, wake up, wake up. There's somebody coming. Everyone wakes up. Uh, well, except for Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan's out. Yeah, he's 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 sleeping still. In this case, this nat 20 is a bad thing. <laughs> uh, but everyone else is up. Uh, thoughts, Rainer, as the footsteps are getting closer. Damn, I guess um, 
get ready. I I have my shield. Get ready, ready to, to go. Ready to see a person. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, get into your greeting stance. I don't think I should go back down the hall. I think that's a worse idea. So I guess I'll just try to wake up the others. Well, they're already. Me, yeah. Well, maybe maybe Eloise wakes up you first, Rainer, and then you get others. Uh, what's what's Eloise doing now? She's in her fighting stance. Absolutely. Of course. All right. So a little more comfortable with it, but again, not quite ready to actually fight. Mm-hmm. So you, Rainer, Eloise, Grogabil, and Leroy are all standing a little groggy, uh, but you're awake, and you all turn to look down the hallway towards where this noise is coming and you hold up your nightlight and you know Leroy shines his his mining helmet down there and the light glints and reflects off of something uh streaking through the the hair of this individual who seems to be a bit shorter than your average party's oh, height shit. and as they approach you see a big smile spread across their face <laughs> what the fuck and they step out of the shadows and say <laughs> well hello hello my oh. fellow travelers <laughs> i see that you found my secret treasures Hey, Questies, it's me, Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to episode 30 of season 2. And if you are living in the United States, I hope you're having a very happy Independence Day. And if you're living somewhere else, I hope you have a great weekend. I just hope it's very nice. You're staying cool. You're not too hot. And for staying healthy. Thank you so much um, for all of your support and love. Uh, I have a very nice announcement for you all. Is that album 4 should be coming out sometime very soon. I don't have a specific date, so I don't want to say it because otherwise I'd be a liar. But my guess would be within the next week. So if you want to know exactly when the fourth album drops, uh, just follow us on social media, Instagram and Facebook, uh, where you will be announced the second it is available. Also, this weekend, I plan on uploading a picture of a Najaz of a star crawler that I made. I don't know. I was bored. I wanted to make one. So I wanted to let you know what I thought it looked like. But again, if you if you want to draw your own version or design your own version of what you think it looks like, I'd love to see it. I, I, I'm really proud of this creature. I think it's fun. Um, so I want to hear your thoughts as well. Uh, but again, circling back to the music thing, if you're interested in that, uh, Jamie's got three albums up on Bandcamp. Uh, you should check those out. They're only a dollar each, and I'm fairly certain album four will also only be a dollar. So great deal, good steal for some good music, and of course... We like music here at Night's Quest. Some other ways that you can show support of the show is by visiting our website, nathanstreck.wixsite.com slash nightsquest, where all the music is available, where our stickers are available. You can buy a sticker of the Honest as Ajax coin, which now has a function within the story. Did the did the merch come first or the plot come first? I'm not sure. It's a chicken and egg situation. Really, really is how it is. Uh, but you can go show some support for the show by, by buying the merch. 
um, or by leaving kind reviews or telling your friends about the show. We're still a fairly small audience, so the more people who can find out, the better. And if you're wondering what all that squeaking noise is, it is because uh, I have decided to retreat to the basement of our house because it's so freaking hot in my room and the floorboards are very loud. So I thought I'd explain that away instead of getting a bunch of weird comments about how squeaky the audio is. So, um, But yeah, the next episode will be up in two weeks, which will be July 17th is when you'll get episode 31. And there's not going to be a ton of episodes left. Uh, we might be wrapping this up before the end of the summer. That's my guess. That's my hunch. Um, we're in the end game now. So things are about to get very spicy, as Mirjik would say. Uh, but otherwise, we love you guys. You're amazing fans. And this floor is freaking annoying. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thanks for your memes. Keep keep spreading the word. Keep supporting us. That means a lot to us. It really does. Uh, and, yeah, may your place in his story be long. Uh, <laughs> okay. Nathan, of all of the people that I was expecting you to... To come meet us in the dungeon. Uh-huh. Honest fucking Azajax <laughs> was you. not on my list at all. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, like, I, I thought it was gonna... I swear I thought you were building up to having Quiz be there. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. It's way too early. And then at the very last second, I was like, nah, that doesn't make sense. I did a little he would bit have too. Because he would have to turn it over to Jake to actually talk. And right as I was thinking that, you started the Azajax voice. <laughs> I was wow. a little worried that you were like throwing quiz at us already, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what is happening?" Yeah, right. Damn. Nope. No, no quiz yet. I do. I, although I do see how you could see that. That's so good. It's really good. 